Hello, everyone. I hope and pray all is well with you and yours. My name is Dr. Manette, and welcome back to my podcast, Sow in Peace. The purpose of this podcast is to help and encourage believers to properly sow in peace in their homes, marriages, friendships, workplace, and especially in the body of Christ. Sowing in peace simply means to reflect God's character and all that we say and do. But before I get started, I want to um, first thank all of God's listeners for taking time out of your busy schedules to eat and drink from God's table. I pray that every time you eat and drink from God's word, um, I pray that you get filled. I pray that you are satisfied and knowing that you are being faithful in having a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I don't just mean my podcast, but any opportunity that you're choosing to spend with God. Um, This remind me of uh, a parable in the book of Matthew chapter 22 about the wedding feast. And uh, in this parable, Jesus is explaining what the kingdom of heaven is like. And he goes on to say that the kingdom of heaven is like a king who prepared a wedding banquet for his son. And the king sent out his servants to tell the people that um, had been invited to come to this banquet um, to tell them that that it um, it's ready. But when the servants went out to tell the people, many of the people refused. So the uh, king, he sends more servants and he tells his certain servants, uh, he says, uh, tell them that I prepared a din- dinner and um, I cooked oxen and fattened cattle uh, that has been butchered. And tell them everything is ready and come and eat, come to the wedding banquet. But most of the people, they pay no attention and everyone went their own way. Some to his field, another to his business, and some just flat out mistreated the king's servants. So um, by this time, the king is very enraged. He's very angry and uh, he sends his armies to destroy those uh, people, which uh, murdered his servants and he burned their city down. Uh, But he goes on to tell uh, more servants, he said, look, go out and get anyone you can find that's in the streets. Listen, those of us who receive the invitation from Christ and act upon the invitation are those who possess a true faith in Christ. And the call of salvation goes out to many people, many people, but few will be chosen because few will choose to respond to the call. And uh, listening to my podcast or any other Christians uh, or believers podcast, I know is not your main worship, but always know it is an opportunity to eat from God's table. And guess what? (laughs) I'm sitting at the table right along with you. I'm not standing on a mountaintop pointing down, but I'm sitting in the midst of all of you guys pointing up. So as I encourage you through God's word, I too am encouraging myself. Today's episode is about slander. And yes, I know I was going to talk about slander and false confidence, but false confidence didn't really seem to match up with this passage today. So um, I had to do away with it, but um, please forgive me, but I'll try to work it in the next episode. Um, So the passage that I will be reading out of comes from the book of James chapter four, verses um, 11 through 12. And if you would like to follow me, you know the deal, grab your Bible. Starting at verse 11, it says, believers, do not speak against or slander one another. He who speaks self-righteously against a brother or judges his brother hypocritically speaks against the law and judges the law. If you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and to destroy the one God who has the absolute power of life and death. 
But who are you to hypocritically or self-righteously pass judgment on your neighbor? So the purpose of this passage is really just explaining how important it is for individuals and especially us who are part of the body of Christ to discipline and restrain our tongue. And uh, when we control our tongue, we are making a conscious effort to control what we say about each other at all times. And um, when we choose to control what we say about someone else, um, always know that it is a spiritual victory and that it's also spiritual maturity for all of us. <clears throat> when I looked up the definition of slander, it literally said that it means to assassinate someone's character, um, to insult them, to defame their name, uh, speaking untrue, or just put in layman's terms, just flat out lying about someone. But okay, but before I go into scripture, I just want to say that being a slanderer is a really great sin. And although, you know, I hear people say this all the time, like, oh, sin is sin. There's no sin greater than another sin. But um, there is something just grievous about injuring someone's name and character. Um, and if that's ever happened to you, I'm really sorry about that. Um, it has happened to me. I know that, um, you know, um, I don't know about recently, but it's, someone, when they say something untrue about you, it, it hurts, it hurts to the core. And, um, and also one thing I would say personally for me, um, in this area that I'm speaking about slander, I myself have to be very careful when I'm conversing with people I love, people that I trust, people that are believers. Um, I have to guard my conversation because, um, especially when I'm emotional, because it could lead to unintentional slander. And um, we, we have to be careful about our emotions because our emotions can um, allow us to inadvertently misjudge someone or expose someone's weakness. And um, so, you know, I, I believe that one of the biggest reasons that slander is such a grievous sin um, or some people say grave sin, is because it violates um, God's law of love. And not only does it viol violate God's law of love, it also asserts uh, God's rightful role to judge our neighbor. So um, let's look at some scriptures that point out why slandering is so dangerous. If you follow me to the book of Matthew, chapter 12, verse 36, Jesus says, um, I tell you, on the day of judgment, people will give account for every careless word they speak. And this means we, we um, especially in the body of Christ, need to give sufficient attention or thought to every word that we say um, to avoid harm or error towards someone's character or someone's name. We need to pay attention to the channel we speak through, such as uh, the flesh or the spirit. Um, I know that you know, um, when describing a situation, there are some truths that we can explain to people in the body of Christ that we trust, um, but it needs to be wrapped in wisdom. And, um, and, and, and that's, um, we, that, that uh, when it's wrapped in wisdom, I'll just say that I believe that God will protect those, those kinds of conversation. Um, but if we're not careful, I'm not sure that God will always protect what we say. Sometimes I believe God protects what we say in, in, in the sense of our ignorance, you know, but if we are intentionally speaking um, against someone, about someone, um, those, those conversations might not always be protected. They might um, go out and spread like gain green and get back to that person. And then, um, you know, we, we've hurt a relationship. We've hurt someone. 
So let's just let's just be careful about um, the type of conversations we choose to have. If we go to the book of Romans, chapter one, verses 29 through 32, um, it's talking about the wrath against Gentiles. And if you don't know, Gentiles is just anyone who wasn't a Jew during that time, or we can look at it um, now, anyone who's not a believer. Um, and if you start at verse 29, I believe um, through 31, there are a list of um, sins that Gentiles um, are committing, but I'm not going to go through the whole list and you can go back and read that passage, but there are three adjectives that describe a Gentile in this particular passage. And um, number one is maliciousness. Number two is being a whisperer. And number three is being a backbiter. And when I looked up these definitions, you know, uh, it says that a malicious person is someone with a dark heart. This is an evil person, a bad person. A whisperer is um, someone who's a teller, a bringer or a spreader. In other words, someone who speaks falsely under one's breath about another. And then a backbiter is um, a, a defamer. It's, it's a person who who attacks the reputation of another. And so, you know, you might be thinking to yourself like, oh, I, I don't do any of those things. I'm not malicious. I'm not a bad person. I, I don't go around telling people's business or, you know, I, I don't, um, you know, attack anyone's reputation. But if you look at verse 32 in Romans chapter one, it says, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. So even if we're not committing uh, this offense, we are equally sinning if we are entertaining the malicious communication or conversation. So don't stop um, Stop it if someone's trying to approach you about someone and speak evil about someone. Stop it. Just say, you know what? I don't want to speak evil about anyone. I don't want to talk about someone like that and just um, walk away and or change the subject, you know. Um, that tends to work. I've actually seen people do that and I admire them for doing that. And um, I know sometimes we don't want to hurt people's feelings, but um, I, I, I think it's just um, a great way or excellent way or an effective way to stop someone in their tracks about someone else, um, speaking evilly about someone else. Um, if we look at the book of Genesis in chapter nine, verses 18 through 27, um, I just want to give you um, a prime example how um, uh, revealing someone's um, wrongdoing or someone's weakness, um, how that um, affect us tremendous, tremendously. So um, it says, starting verse 18, it says, <clears throat> now the sons of Noah who went out of the ark were Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And Ham was the father of Canaan. And these three were the sons of Noah. And from these, the whole earth was populated. And Noah began to be a farmer and he planted a vineyard. Then he drank of the wine and was drunk and became uncovered in his tent. And Ham, the father of Canaan, saw the nakedness of his father and told his two brothers outside. But Shem and Japheth took a gar garment. They laid it on both their shoulders and went backward and covered the nakedness of their father. And their faces were turned away. And they did not see their father's nakedness. So Noah awoke from his wine and when and, and knew what his younger son had done. And then this is what he said when he woke up. He said, Cursed be Canaan, a servant of servants. He shall be to his brethren. And then he 
said to the other two sons, he said, um, blessed be the Lord, the God of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. May God enlarge Japheth, and may he dwell in the tents of Shem, and may Canaan be his servant. Um, Ham was the father of Canaan. Canaan was uh, Ham's generation, and he was cursed because what his father had done. Um, Proverbs eleven thirteen says, he who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy conceals a matter. So let's not reveal something that should be kept. Uh, someone tells us something or we see something, let it remain with us. And don't be so quick to divulge it. Psalm 101 verse 5 says, whoever slanders his neighbor secretly, I will destroy. In other words, don't let your mouth be the death of you. Proverbs 11, 9, with his mouth, uh, the godless man would destroy his neighbor, but by knowledge, the righteous are delivered. There's a way to speak about a matter without destroying our neighbor. Give knowledge, get knowledge, and get understanding when speaking about a matter. In James 3, 6, it says, and the tongue is a fire, the very world of iniquity. The tongue is set among our members as that which defiles the body and sets on fire the course of our life and is set on fire by hell. Listen, our tongue can be the road, of, road to death or the road to life. James 1.26, if anyone thinks himself to be religious and yet does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this man re, man's religion is worthless. In other words, put a harness on your thoughts and words. Guide your own thoughts and words. You decide what comes out, okay? So here's some ways to sow in peace um, using our tongues. Uh, number one, cover an, cover an offense. That means uh, cover wrongdoing. Proverbs 17, 9, he who conceals a transgression seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates intimate friends. I know sometimes uh, we as believers, we have slip ups, uh, but let's not be quick to expose someone's fault. And I, I want to make something quick clear before I go on to um, number two. Um, I'm not talking about an individual offense. Anytime we personally commit an offense, we need to tell it to God. And sometimes we need to share that offense, what we did with somebody else so that we will be healed. Okay. But I'm talking about in this particular passage, um, when we see our neighbor, whether it be our husband or child, a very close friend or anybody, don't be so quick to go around running and talk about what somebody did wrong, okay? This is an opportunity for us to uh, show love and, um, and, and, and just, and just um, hide it, cover it, you know? Just, just, you know what? We all mess up sometimes. Okay? It's a form of grace. It's a form of mercy upon somebody. Okay, And also, this is not an opportunity that every sin that you see somebody doing wrong, you turn a blind eye and you just hold your peace. It's not what I'm talking about here. Okay, Use wisdom in what I'm saying. Let the Holy Spirit kind of explain more in depthly what I'm saying. But I'm just basically saying this is an opportunity to give somebody grace and you don't run around um, just, just exposing somebody's business and every time they've done something wrong, you know. 
Okay. So number two, use less words in Proverbs 10, uh, chapter 10, verses 19, it says, when there are many words, transgression is unavail un unavoidable, but he who restrains his lips is wise. Listen, talking too much leads us to sin in our mouth. I know I'm a talker. I love to talk. I've been talking since I was a kid and I have to watch myself. And I've learned that the older that I get, you know, um, it's better to be silent because when I get to talking about myself, which usually is, my problem is talking about myself, I just start telling stuff and telling stuff and telling stuff. And people will use that against you sometimes. So um, I have come to learn in my older age, keep my mouth shut. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm starting to get better at that, but I'm not <clears throat> perfect at it. But whew, may what the good Lord uh, started me um, bring it to uh, completion in Jesus name. <laughs> Number two, guard your heart. Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. In other words, keep a strong border around your heart so that iniquity will not be your ruin. You know, sometimes we can have overwhelming feelings, but we have to watch those overwhelming feelings because eventually those feelings will begin to express, express itself in speech. Uh, Matthew 12, 34 says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak it. So always search for words to stop the flow of your heart from fully developing with uh, negative thoughts and emotions about somebody because you will speak it. It will have to manifest itself. Okay. Again, drive your heart, control your heart. Jeremiah 17 uh, verses nine through 10 says, the heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? Listen, anytime we see someone, um, uh, you know, in, in their wrongdoing, um, sometimes sometimes we don't always, you know, understand it. The, the heart will automatically make a judgment about somebody's life, about somebody's wrongdoing. And we think it's true. But if you feel something about somebody, a lot of times it's not true because the Bible says that your heart is deceitful. Who can, who can even understand it? The Bible tells us to not, to not trust um, our heart. So you need the Holy Spirit to be able to speak uh, wisely about somebody and how to speak wisely about somebody. Number three, uh, this is, sounds very cliche, but uh, it's the Great Commission. Treat others how you want to be treated. Matthew 7, 12 says, So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law and the prophets. Number four, weigh your thoughts and answers. Proverbs 15, 28 says that the heart of the righteous weighs its answers, but the mouth of the wicked gushes evil. In other words, think before you speak. Number five, set a spiritual guard over your mouth. Psalm 141, 3, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. Be a watchman over your mouth. Be diligent in conversations regarding others. Number six, have some sense and get some understanding. Proverbs 31, 26 says she speaks with wisdom and faithful instructions on her tongue. Um, I know that learning how to speak uh, graciously can be different. Um, but with all things, uh, in Christ and all things are uh, possible, you know, uh, maybe you've been practicing learning how to speak, um, 
the right way and, and good about others and, and, and Satan baited you and you took the bait. You know, all I can say is just try again. Ask for forgiveness and try again. The Lord will help us. He will guide us and he will sustain us. You know, uh, always remember, we're just practicing righteousness day by day and moment by moment. And uh, that practicing of our righteousness is just the evidence of our faith. Uh, righteousness don't save us, but it's evidence that we are faithful to God. And that's what saves us. We're saved through faith, by God's grace, but through faith. And so you have to um, practice uh, righteousness, which is your uh, righteous deed, you know, that, that um, comes after the fact that after you've been saved. Okay. Number seven, balance your thoughts and speech. Proverbs 17, 27 through 28 says, the one who has knowledge uses words with restraint and whoever has understanding is even tempered. The Bible also says in verse 28 that even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. Bottom line, there's strength in silence. We don't have to give full vent to our emotions or spirit. Number eight, desire long life. First Peter 3.10 says, for whosoever desires to love life and see good days, let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Do you know that speaking badly against someone can shorten your life? So desire life, desire long life, and not only long life, but to see good days. So let's not let our uh, tongue be our ruin. And number nine, this is the last one. Be truthful and be uplifting. Proverbs 15, 4 says a soothing tongue is a tree of life, but perversion in it crushes the spirit. In other words, let's be life givers and let's not be spirit crushers, and especially in the body of Christ. I will leave you there. This is Tanisha, or I say Dr. Manette, <laughs> uh, with So in Peace. I pray that the Lord richly blesses you and answers you in times of trouble. I pray that if any of you have been uh, a slanderer, that you ask for forgiveness so that he will forgive you. And I pray that if you've been slandered against, that uh, you forgive those who have slandered you. And I pray that to the um, both the one who's been slandered against and the one that's slandered, I pray that God comforts both of you. We all make mistakes. We all are sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. But God is um, quick to forgive. He's ready to forgive. He doesn't stay angry long. Um, he loves you. I love you. Next time, um, we'll talk about depending on God. Um, I pray that you guys have a good day. God bless. <laughs>